0: Welcome to the Untoxicated Podcast.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm Sherry Salas, and that was my husband, Matt.
0: We have questions about the impact of alcohol and addiction on relationships.
1: If you have those kinds of questions, too, you're in the right place.
0: Here we go. Well,
1: Matt, I think that this is going to be a really unique podcast. And I don't mean unique in a bad way which some people can often attribute that. I think what is unique is that we have 17 different voices on this podcast, but the similarity of the statements that they've made I think is very interesting. They use a lot of common words. Yeah. There's a lot or a lot of commonalities in the words that they're choosing and I think that it's really important that you listen to each of these um Sentiments, and take the time to absorb and listen. And I think that you did a really good job putting a little pause in between each of those so you can take a moment to really feel the power of the words before we move on to the next speaker.
0: I'm excited. I, I have to tell you, I had no idea how this was going to go, but I'm excited about the result. But before we start talking about what the main body of the podcast is, these, these community shout-outs, Let's take a listener question. Are you up for that, Sherry? Certainly. Do you ever, this is to quote our listener, do you ever turn anyone away when they enroll in your programs? It's a great question. That is. And it fits really well with the topic for today, which is why I chose this listener question. Ooh. Do you want to take a shot first or do you want me to? So the answer, the, the short answer is no-ish, I don't know that we necessarily I wanted to drop,
1: drop you in the grease because I didn't want to say it sound like we were desperate. We never know what away.
0: way. There's but. one person that I'll never forget that if if a person with a story like this were to enroll again, we would definitely turn this person down. There, it was somebody with a meth addiction. And they were I was like, yeah, but we deal in high functioning alcoholism. They're like, yeah, but I really like your stuff and what you say. And, you know, it turned out to be not a good fit in <laughs> large part because I don't know enough about meth to be able to help someone with a meth addiction, mm-hmm. the the person ended up interacting poorly with others in the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was Shout Sobriety. That That is the group that I'm referring to. But this person was really, I'm thinking, using because they were really up and in people's face. And I'm like, oh, that's not supportive, being in people's face. And, and that's hard to do over Zoom. Yeah. So that and, and we didn't even have to kick him out. He was like, you guys are lame and you guys can't handle my truth. And he bailed. Yeah. So that worked out well. But, but yeah, I mean, I think we've learned a lot. I think the main reason that we don't, that we've been able to allow everyone into our programs, even though we do very much think of ourselves, like I think of us as fiercely protective of our family, our shout family, our echoes of recovery family, our marriage evolution family. So when we go through the enrollment process, I am very much thinking of the people that are already in our groups and hey is it going to be okay for them that we welcome this new person in I'm, it's like having kids and I don't want anything bad to happen to them that so you're, sense? Like, you're
1: kind of like the protective dad at the door when the yeah. person comes for a date. Well, I Sorry go ahead. I, I was just going to say I feel like we haven't necessarily turned anybody away because I think our enrollment process and the interview process that we do with them, um, the that one-on-one, they get a feel for what our program is because we have this much more deeper conversation, and so they choose for themselves whether it's a good fit or not a good fit, and then if they join and it doesn't fit, then they have more than likely they've parted company. We haven't ever kicked anybody out, but we've they've parted company because they see it wasn't a good fit for them for a variety of reasons.
0: There are a lot of great programs in the recovery community, a lot of places where you can find community, and I don't in any way mean to badmouth any of them. But the fact is that in most cases, if you're willing to plop down your credit card and pay whatever their enrollment fee is, you're in. Mm -hmm. And we just do it a little different. Like you have to do some writing before you even, before we even meet with you face to face. And you have to do some reading and reacting to the reading. And so our enrollment process is quite arduous to the point where you know, somebody who was Advising us from a profit and loss statement would say, get rid of all that and, and welcome anybody like immediately. But I think it has served us really well. Our groups are not huge. They're not unwieldy. We know everyone in the groups. We know everyone reasonably well. And we feel confident when welcoming them in that they're going to be a good fit. And it's people who are willing to do the work.
2: If, if it was
0: just plop down your credit card and you're in, we'd have a lot more people. Yeah. But they wouldn't be re- maybe ready for sobriety if they were on the drinker side, or maybe know what they were looking for in the way of support if they were on the family, yeah. loved one side. I don't
1: think we're making it too arduous
0: to join. I think I mean, that we're just too arduous. I think
1: that we're just making it so it shows the dedication. Yeah. Cause sometimes, especially, I'm not gonna. I know that I might offend but I think that sometimes the drinkers have just had a really bad weekend and they just gotta get help and they think it's gonna be instantaneous so it's a flash in the pan and I as a person that is a spouse of a drinker I often will do that I'll like go all in and you know what I mean Matt I will go all in
3: yeah
1: it's like when you first start your new year routine workout and weight loss you start yourself and you have hurt yourself at the gym and you don't go back so we just make it a little imagine more thoughtful if, process. Imagine
0: if Jim's made you write an essay and do some reading before you could join. How dedicated they'd all be are you out to of this. business. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, So I think we just make it so you're a little more dedicated yeah. and committed. To I mean,
0: recovery work is hard work, mm-hmm. and if you're not willing to do what we're asking you to do as part of the enrollment process, then frankly, you're not ready for recovery.
1: Yeah, or, or not for, our program, at not least our my, recovery. Yeah, just because there is more of a community and mm-hmm. a relationship. Fair with enough. Our programs.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. So for this. Intoxicated podcast episode that is released the week between Christmas and New Year. This is a huge week for you and I, Sherry, at the point we are in life now with our kids, with our career. It's a great week, it's a relaxing week. There, back when I was a drinker, this was a miserable week because I hit it too hard at Christmas. We were probably licking our wounds most of the time. We were, I was full of regret, you were full of anger. Resentment. I mean, this is a really traditionally this is a one of the worst weeks of the year for people that have to deal with alcoholism on either side of the, the aisle. And I think especially people maybe in our generation, we're in our late 40s and early 50s. I can say that for three more months and then I can only say we're in our early 50s for people in our generation for whatever reason the people that we encounter New Year's just isn't a huge thing. Maybe that maybe it was when we were younger. But Christmas is really you know, there's Christmas parties, there's mimosas on Christmas morning, there's drinking all day on Christmas Day, and there's basically familial dysfunction and all kinds of anger and hatred by by the time December twenty sixth rolls around. So this is traditionally a really tough week. And so what we did, we have had really good reaction to the roundtable episodes that we've had lately where we invite people from our different groups onto the recording and we sit around either a table when we can be in person, but more often than not, it's a Zoom recording to share stories and feelings and react to a certain topic. But here we are at the middle of the Christmas hustle and bustle because of course we don't do anything very far in advance and I couldn't picture getting you know, a half a dozen or so people together for a Zoom that would last 90 minutes and we'd be able to coordinate the timing. Just people are too busy around the holidays. So we decided to do something different. We said, hey, to our people in our groups, hey, send us a one-minute clip. One minute, that's it. You don't have to be reacting to or listening to other people. All you have to do is give your opinion for one minute. All we're going to use is the audio. I said it can be a video or audio clip because I think for a lot of people they know how to take a video on their phone. So take that video. The reason I limited it to one minute was because I wanted the files to transfer. Like we're not tech savvy. I didn't want to get into a Dropbox situation, explaining that to a bunch of people <laughs> and remembering actually. I had to you, remember my,
1: you might remember I, have, I had terrible experience with Dropbox back yeah. in, uh, you know, online learning days.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's actually that. technology that's <laughs> More sophisticated yeah. than Dropbox now. Like you said, to Dropbox, and
1: I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we just said short, short, short for all these reasons. You're a busy person. We're busy people. The file size is got to be small. Let's just keep this short. And we got 17 of them, which I'm really proud of. Mm-hmm. That That is a good number. The only thing you are not going to hear, listener we did have a few comedians in our group and and just otherwise caring people. We had a few people that along with their audio or video clip, we had somebody who sent us a weather report for where they are and asked us about the weather here in Denver. It's, it's been a mild winter for the record. A um, little bit of snow, which is nice. We need the moisture, but not terribly cold. We had uh, some personal check-ins that were sent by video or audio. The best one was, though, we had somebody who took a video and, and knew we were only going to use the audio. And so the video was pointed at a fart joke <laughs> on, on like a whiteboard <laughs> for the whole time she was talking. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny. And so you I really appreciated material.
1: that. You have yeah. new material
0: now. But since we only used the audio anyway, it worked out great. So mm-hmm. we really do have a, a great group with a great sense of humor and they're, they're very caring. So other than editing out, for instance, the fart joke video, because podcasts don't have, or our kind of podcast doesn't have video, we are presenting full <laughs> clips with no edits, and I think that's important because I don't want our listeners to think that, hey, Matt and Sherry just plucked out the best pieces of these 10-minute yeah. audio that they were they received from their people. And, yeah. and oh, Cotton by the way, most of our people were not able to keep it to a minute. So, most of them are, like, 90 seconds to two minutes. Some of them are under a minute. Um, but... Uh, The only thing we cut out was irrelevant stuff. Once people started addressing the topic, you get the full thing. There's one where I think there was maybe a recording blemish on her side. Emma from the UK. She starts off in the middle of the sentence. The recording does. But again, I just think some some snafu happened before the file got sent because we did not clip the beginning of what she said that what she did send was really powerful so I didn't go back and say, hey, can you redo it and give me the beginning of your thoughts because what she sent was fantastic it just starts in the middle of a sentence another little technical thing I want to mention to our listener the volumes waver dramatically I'm sure if you were a sophisticated podcast producer, which I am not you could have spent hours leveling that out, but I didn't So, um, so it is what it is, the volumes are going to go up and down <laughs> Um, All 17 of the people who submitted were women. And I think that's interesting and worth noting. Three of the people who submitted clips are in our Shout Sobriety program. 14 are in our Echoes of Recovery program. Um, Echoes is bigger than Shout for sure in participation. It's not whatever that is four times plus bigger uh, than Shout. So you know, when I'm analyzing why did we get more stuff from the echo side than the shout side, Shout has a small male majority. They the Shout sobriety program is is definitely lots of men and lots of women, but there are more men than women. And I just I think there's a huge gender component here. I think men are just less likely to do this sort of thing, engage in this sort of thing, share their feelings. I mean I think you know we are conditioned as males in the society to stuff it down, not to talk about our feelings. The only thing we do is tease each other. We've talked about that many times on the podcast, so I don't want to waste time talking about it now. but I think I'm not surprised that no males submitted clips to this. Not surprised at all. I think I am weird in that I have this no filter situation where I'm happy to talk about this stuff. I don't know a lot of other guys that that share that weirdness, so I think that explains why the disparity is what it is. 14 people from echoes and three from shout submitted clips and 100% of the submissions are from women. Um, I left gaps between, as you referenced off the top, Sherry, I left gaps between the audio clips. There are about five second gaps. It sounds really weird. Like a podcast professional would say, what the hell are you doing? shouldn't you at least have some transition music or something in there or maybe you overlay it so one person's voice fades out as another person's voice fades in. From a professionalism podcast standpoint this is poor quality. But the reason I did that is I wanted to let one person's words sink in before you shifted gears and started listening to another person's words. So I think emotionally, impactfulness wise, this is hopefully going to work for people when they're listening but it's just going to sound weird the first couple times it happens listeners are probably going to be like is that it is it over why did it end there is there something wrong with my device you know is there something wrong with Matt's device he's not very high tech but the five second gaps are in there on purpose so I don't know hopefully you like it and if you don't I don't care (laughs) Uh, well I do care yeah I just yeah there's a reason we did it this way uh it will sound when you listen to our submitters talking, it will sound in many cases like they're reading a written statement. I took that as such a beautiful tribute to the amount of respect that these people had for the process. You know, when I said one minute clip, I was picturing people would be like, oh, one minute clip about community, fine. Hit the record button, talk for a minute, hit the stop button. The whole process takes five minutes. Emailed it off. I'm done. But no, some people clearly spent some time with their writing, then spent some time trying to get it pared down and were concise. And just it sounds it sounds great, but it definitely in some ways sounds scripted. And I want to assure our listeners, the only prompt we gave is what does community mean to you? Not even what does echoes or shout mean to you, just what does community mean to you in your recovery? And people put some really heartfelt, so we didn't, we didn't give them buzzwords or say, hey, would you take this angle? And hey, you person over here, would you take this angle? There was no spoon feeding at all. That was it for the prompt. People took some time and wrote. And I'm I just like touched, like moved emotionally by how much time people took to write these things out. Almost done with all the little preambles, I like, yeah. want to Wondering. <laughs> yeah. Some of them sound a little promotional, even a little salesy, like hey, Shout Sobriety was super meaningful to me, and or Echoes of Recovery has changed my life. Like we hear things like that. And here's what I have to say about that. If it sounds too salesy to you, if you feel like this is all orchestrated as a some kind of a scheme, then we're not a good fit for you. If the women on these recordings don't sound authentic, and if you don't find Sherry and I at this point to be authentic, then we just can't help you. We're just not a good fit. And I know there's another fit out there. There's a different tribe out there for you. I definitely, definitely encourage you to seek that out. Find people. Find your community. Don't give up. But if you think that we are trying to suck money out of this thing... Then and and that's the level of lack of authenticity that you assign to us, then we're just not a good fit, and that's fine. So, there's my defiant answer to that to that. Okay, before we get in here and start listening to the words of the people who submitted clips for us, there was one thing when you listened to it you found interestingly common among many of the the recordings. What was that again, Sherry? Well
1: there was a lot of similarities in the sentiment, but one of the things that stuck out the most to me was how many people used the word recovery. Um, especially right. for the, I mean, because we did have more people from the Echoes side submit, but it is interesting because I feel like maybe they were a little bit surprised how much they needed recovery, just as I was surprised yeah. how much I needed recovery. I thought alcohol in sobriety, you know, those were hand in hand. You would get better. I would get better. I didn't realize how much I needed recovery and neither did they. And how essential and important it is for your physical and mental health. Whether you stay with with you know your loved one or not, you need that recovery to move on to be a healthier person going forward. And that, that they really acknowledge that recovery.
0: Yeah, that's a word usually assigned to the drinker and not the loved one. But all evidence to the contrary are submitters So many of them use that word. Good point. Thank you very much. Okay, without further ado, we're going to play 17 clips in a row from the people from our Echoes of Recovery and Shout Sobriety program who were generous enough to donate some time and some thoughts and tell us what community means to them.
4: Hi, I'm Nikki from Chicagoland. Community to me means full support at all stages of life, acceptance, acceptance, Family who wrap me in their arms, whether virtually or in person, and hear me. Truly hear me while giving me comfort, even through the most uncomfortable things. A judge-free zone. Who's just there for you? Without a group, I know I would not have dug deeper into my soul to heal. To look at myself as someone other than my trauma. To focus on me, all of me, from my past to my future. I would not have fallen apart in such a way I could put myself back together. Hearing people you can relate to almost verbatim to your story was life-changing. Healing within a community means I'm never alone. I show up as I am, whether I'm in tears or excited about my progress, and I always have support no matter what.
5: Hi, this is Christy.
6: I am Canadian, and I joined Shout about 15 months ago when for five and a half years, I had been struggling to sustain sobriety. I'm happy to report that at 18 plus months sober, Shout has made all the difference um, in my ability to have a community where I feel valued and validated. Sharing my writing um, was transformative for me and getting the kind of amazing feedback that you do from the group in the calls is just enabling me to really share fully who i am in such a safe respectful and non-judgmental space if you need people i strongly encourage you to connect with this community it's a very very
5: wonderful group
7: Hi, my name is Sally and I'm in North Carolina. I'm so grateful for the Echoes support group. Um, It has really helped me through this period of my life in dealing with active alcoholism. Really in my personal life, there was no one that truly understood what I was going through. And it wasn't until I found Echoes that the same stories, the same experiences, we um, were all there, they were sharing them with me, um, and it felt so much less lonely. And it was actually a, a great source of comfort in a strange way um, to know that what I was experiencing with active alcoholism is not unique. Um, there are certain things that, you know, a lot of people share in common with this, Um, So I'm grateful for the community um, that Matt and Sherry have built with this group uh, to be able to openly share in a judgment-free zone. Um, You know, you don't have to defend your marriage, why you're staying or why you're leaving or, you know, any of those things. It's just these people actually get what you're going through. Um, And it was the the very first thing that I found that truly truly resonates with my life and, um, in trying to save my marriage through active alcoholism. So I would definitely encourage anyone, if you are at your wits end, if you are feeling like a crazy person, if you have so many questions that you're just up late at night Googling, please, um, reach out to the echoes group. They can really truly help, um, and actually through my late night Googling, this is how I came to find the intoxicated podcast. And from the very first episode, it really resonated with me, uh, my husband and our story. Um, and I'm just so grateful for this club that we like to say that no one likes to be part of or ever wish to be part of. Um, but it is truly helpful.
5: Hi, I'm Lori
8: from Houston, and it's going to be really hard for me to express what the Echoes community has meant to me in just a minute, but I'm going to try. So for me, Echoes gives me the opposite of what I experienced in an alcoholic marriage and what I still, unfortunately, sometimes experience in a recovering one. You know, when I was drowning in fear because of unpredictability, ECHOES gives me safety and security. I mean, this community is always there for each other, always, no questions asked. Where I was judged and blamed and manipulated, ECHOES gives me open acceptance and just a baseline belief that I'm a good person trying my best to do the right thing. And that just feels so good to have that where I was lonely and lived a secret life so as not to out my alcoholic husband, my Echoes family is the opposite. It's an open book. Trust is locked tight and freely given, always. When I was ignored and put down, Echoes builds me up and encourages me. I always feel deeply heard and loved in this community. And that I think is what is really unique about this community. Everyone here cannot just listen and understand, which is a big thing in and of itself, but they can feel what I'm feeling because they've experienced it. And that has been so very healing for me. And I'm so, so grateful.
4: Hi, this is Karen um, in Kansas City. Belonging um, to a community Of like-minded people that get it has been just amazing for me. Um, To me, community means connection and belonging. Um, Belonging is the authentic me. I don't have to censor me to fit in. I can feel and express myself the way that I do and still belong, knowing I will still be welcomed um, and I feel understood. I have always felt a sense of connectedness and acceptance um, belonging to the Echos group. These are people who get it, and it has helped me heal so much and become a much truer, healthier version of me and is one of the greatest gifts of my recovery.
5: And the other thing is
2: it helps me be honest with myself because I think the more I hear other people daring to be honest and sharing their real feelings and struggles with life, it um, gives me the courage to look at myself and really take stock of who I am and what I really am, I guess. And so... I think when I feel um, a sense of being more me, more grounded in who I am, and that I'm not alone, I think I think for all of my life, before I got sober, if I'm honest, I felt completely alone. And by stopping drinking, it left a big chasm, because that was my coping thing. And so um, I've had to develop a sense of, belonging somewhere else other than escaping into oblivion and so belonging to this group um and there's other groups um it just keeps me going on that same path really because I don't ever want to go back to where I was um and so yeah that's possibly about it really
9: Hey everyone, it's Dawn. I'm part of the Echoes group. First of all, because I have to research things and find meaning, a definition of community is simply a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. While I wish we did not have our particular characteristics in common, we do. And because we have that in common, I've been able to use this community, Echoes of Recovery, as my safe space where I'm allowed to be open, honest, vulnerable, and simply myself without any judgment. I found it difficult to be so open and honest with many in my life prior to finding this group. It always felt as if I had to hold back the details and even sometimes the facts with most people so as not to let my dirty little secret of being married to an alcoholic and all the problems and traumas that it caused out. This community has opened my eyes so many realities and facts. It has catapulted my recovery process and I have realized over the past almost two years that I'm not alone. Many others faced what I faced. ICOs makes me feel like I'm part of something much bigger than my own problems. It allows me to feel included and I think most of all it's provided me with so many tools, stories, examples that I can use as I proceed through my recovery and growth. I do believe this group is a huge part of my success and growth. While I read a lot and have done a lot of work outside of the group, the group is the place I can come when things are good or bad. It doesn't matter to anyone, whether my days are two or an eight, I always feel supported and heard. I also love sharing our stories and examples. I feel the best way to learn and grow Is by using stories. I'm aware that we're all in different places and yet we're all part of the same group. In the world we live in, it's nice to hear so many ideas, points of views, share resources, and helpful tidbits without being judged or condemned for them. I just feel like this group, I feel like in this group we're allowed to be free. Free to talk about any topic, free to listen to other stories, to utilize the resources, and most of all, just free to be me.
5: My name is Laura
4: and I live in the Midwest. What Echoes of Recovery um, and Matt and Sherry's podcast have done for me, in short, is nothing of amazing. Um, And the group that, the groups that they lead, um, they make me feel like I'm not alone. and a lot of times when you're dealing with a loved one and addiction and you're in it, um, it's really easy to feel pretty isolated and like you don't fit anywhere. Um, and Matt and Sherry and this group have, have given me a place to fit. Um, and there's just you can't place the value on that. So thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for impacting my life and my family's life so much and
5: um, the lives of so many other people.
10: I'm Marjorie, and I'm from New Mexico. I'm an only child who grew up in a single-parent family. I've always been a person who's comfortable with their own company. That being said, there's a difference between solitude and the isolating pain and loneliness that accompanies loving a partner who has an alcohol or substance use disorder. Just as alcohol consumption slowly erodes the physical and mental well-being of the addicted person, Feelings of isolation and shame are as debilitating to the non-active partner. It doesn't matter how strong a constitution one has. When a couple is besieged by alcoholism, no one escapes without harm. Matt and Sherry Salas are the amazing conduit and facilitators for the Echoes of Recovery community. The experience of being part of the Echoes community has revitalized my spirit. The realization that I'm not alone in this battle has saved me from the pit of despair. The validation that comes from others whose stories share similarities to mine is reassuring. No matter what hardships and difficulties others in the group may be experiencing, when someone reaches out with a question or a concern, the community rallies and responds with love and support. Recovery is a journey. Members of Echoes are at different mile markers, and as a result, everyone is a teacher and a student. We continuously benefit from each other. Personally, I have become kinder, more humble, and so profoundly grateful for each person who makes this community a safe and peaceful respite from the storm. This is what this Echoes community
3: means to me. Hi, this is Julie, and I am calling from Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. I am definitely so grateful to be a part of this community. It has really changed so much for me. It's, It's just really amazing to have a group of people out there who will listen to anything you tell them no matter how serious or even triggering it might be, and to have them offer you love and support and no judgment at all. They will tell you objectively things that you may need to hear, but they'll also be loving and open and willing to give you just a big virtual hug if you need it. And also this experience has really allowed me to be compassionate towards others and non-judgmental towards others because we have to always remember that somebody might be going through something that you know nothing about most people are really, and it's offered me an opportunity to be able to offer other people compassion and love in return. Thanks so much, everyone. Happy holidays.
5: I started listening to Matt
4: and Sherry's Echoes of Recovery podcast about seven months ago. And I listened, and I skirted around the edges, and I reflected and I thought about um, what each one of those podcasts meant to me how I could take the tips um, of what what they were saying uh, and apply them to my real life and then um, every Monday I was looking more and more forward to hearing the new podcasts and then I realized that they had more to offer and I checked out their website and I checked out the books uh, that they talk about at the end of every podcast and there was more and more information there that was uh, increasingly applicable to my life. So I really felt like I had found the community there and I signed up for um, their Echoes of Recovery program. And what that also did was give me access to the Echoes of Recovery Facebook group and some other um, members only type content, which had... I couldn't believe it, but it's been even more valuable to my recovery and my ability to relate to my husband. Um, Matt and Sherry are wonderful people, and I'm so thankful and grateful that I found them and that they continue to share their wisdom in a sort of sit down at the table family style kind of way. Um, and you know, there's no judgment and there's, there's just, this is, this is how we did it. And, you know, it doesn't mean it's the right way, but it's working for us. And, you know, everyone in the community is just so thoughtful and in supportive and giving. And honestly, I can't speak highly enough about it. So, Happy holidays, and thank you so much, um, Matt and Sherry, for all that you do for all of us and our loved ones. Thank
5: you.
11: Hey, everybody. I'm Amber Graziano, Northern California. So, being an active member in a few different sober communities means everything to me. Community is the key component to my success in sobriety. Before I realized that, I struggled with feelings of loneliness, shame, and embarrassment. But when I found my sober tribes in both Shout Sobriety and Recovery Roadrunners, I found people who I could relate to and be friends with, people I could count on, laugh with, cry with, and celebrate with. What I love most about these sober communities is the people inside them. They're real, raw, and authentic, and I've come to find out that I can be my true and authentic self inside these groups without fear of judgment or ridicule. It's the best feeling in the world and an important part of the healing process to be able to open up and have meaningful conversations with other people who are in recovery about important topics that stretch our brains and pull us just a little outside of our comfort zones. There's nothing more powerful or important than immersing yourself into a sober community. That's when you'll start to experience true healing, personal growth, and self-love and acceptance. Sobriety is the best gift that you can ever give to yourself, but you need a community in order to fully receive all of its
5: benefits.
12: My name is Rachel and I'm from Central Florida. What does community mean to me? how has been how has this community been part of my healing journey it's pretty simple when you're in an alcoholic marriage i think you lose a sense of community when you start to realize that your spouse or loved one has a problem you keep some people very very close but a lot of the people are kept very very far away and my journey finding the echoes group has allowed me to be me has allowed me to voice my concerns has allowed me to share my thoughts my apprehension my wins my losses without any judgment without any fear of rejection without fear of silence this community has changed my life for the better although it's been very very hard at times to be able to share and be so incredibly vulnerable it has done absolutely wonders for my life as an individual If you're struggling with a loved one spouse child close friend whatever we are here for you we are real people we have real lives we can't always make every call we can't always do every writing we can't always stay on topic we don't always see eye to eye but together we help each other and we lift each other up and help us put one foot in front of the other. Because there's only one thing certain about this disease. You absolutely never know what's coming next.
13: Finding Echoes of Recovery gave me a place to be validated. I was reacting with anger to my situation regularly and needed to find a better way to cope. I had spent hours and sleepless nights searching for help wondering if my marriage could survive this. I didn't want to be labeled, and I wanted to hear what others had done. I needed to be validated and share my secrets. I found my story has similar, if not the same, pattern as so many others in this group. It helped me process what was happening to me, my family, and my spouse, which helped me let go of anger. The buzzwords of codependent, enabler, detached with love, It's hard to know what that really looks like until you hear the stories of others trying to do those things. I have learned so much in the past year about how and why I react the way I do. I have learned to be open and vulnerable. I have found the labeling of the spouse is something many of us don't feel comfortable with. We are more than a label. Our voices are often drowned out by our loved ones that are in need. In echoes, our voices can be heard. I didn't know I needed recovery. I thought I was fine. I know now that I was operating from a place of fear, justifiably so, but there was a better way and I wasn't fine. There is hope on this journey. I found it in Echoes. I look back at who I was and I often don't recognize her. I am changed for the better by this community.
6: Hi, my name is Julie from Ravenna, Michigan. I've struggled with low self-esteem my entire life with awareness of it, but not understanding how it would all manifest. Though I was working with a therapist, I was still at times spiraling back down into a pit of depression while thinking and acting in ways that were mentally unhealthy. My therapist had suggested a support group such as Al-Anon. I tried it once, but it just didn't feel right to me. I had never experienced alcohol addiction firsthand, so I was very confused. My husband liked to drink a lot of beer, but had also been emotionally, mentally, and verbally abusive to me. I thought it was all my fault, and I was frequently told by him it was all my fault. When I began listening to the other members of Echoes, I finally felt a sense of belonging. That maybe I was not crazy or psychotic, as my husband had called me. Perhaps the pain and struggle in my mind was valid. To me, the community of Echoes is a connection with others who have experienced similar struggles. Echoes has helped me on my path to mental recovery, and today I am returning to the happy person I once was, believing in me again.
14: As human beings, we are designed and created to be in community with one another. The, the root of the word is commune, which means to share intimate feelings and thoughts with one another, especially when it comes to shared interests. And we commune with each other every day, whether it's through school or church or children or volunteering or hobbies. And until recently, I had not found a community that shared in my experiences as being a spouse of an alcoholic. Once I did, I found um, immediate affirmation and validation that I was not alone, and that is one of the most important aspects of community is that you don't feel alone, and it has been pivotal in um, basically jumpstarting my individual recovery. From what I recognize now, has been years of trauma, and um, and and the negative effects that it had on me that I've never appreciated until I joined this community. It's been life changing.
5: Hey there, this is Deb from Colorado, and I've got to say that. Finding
15: community to help me with the journey of being a partner of an alcoholic has been probably the single most important thing I've done to support myself and to move my own recovery forward while being in the process of living with the challenges, living in the continued trauma of active addiction I'm a pretty introverted person and I tend to take care of most things myself. And I have to say that I was feeling really isolated and very, very alone until I started engaging with the echoes community and hearing stories from other people that I could relate to and just hearing the wisdom and words from people who are in different parts of their own journey with their own partners, you know, giving me kind of a trajectory to look at and, And a sense that this is not just me living in some kind of personal hell, although it is that, it's also uh, a journey that many of us, unfortunately, have to walk. And I think community around that
5: has been just profoundly important to me. Wow. I feel like that was amazing.
1: I hope you all did, too.
0: Yeah. I've listened to it several times now. And... The thing that strikes me, the thing I can't get over is how many of the 17 recordings used the same sentiments, the same thoughts, totally unprom- unprompted by us to use certain words with that only again the only prompt being, "Hey, talk about community." But some things really stood out. Like, for instance, I think I think I didn't I didn't necessarily count but I, I was jotting notes and I think the two things that were referenced the most frequently were the words no judgment and not alone. People talked about how they feel no judgment from community and they, the, the thing that the community gets, gives them is a sense of not being alone. And I mean, it just it brings me back to those days when I was drinking And I was hell-bent on the fact that you were not to talk to anybody about this. Not your mother, not your sister, not my parents. Nobody was to know about our relationship problems that you knew were related to alcohol and that I sometimes would admit were related to alcohol and then other times I would just blame you for them. But regardless, nobody was to know about what was happening behind closed doors. And so that feeling that everyone referenced of for once, finally, finally, I feel like I'm not alone. And I know you've gotten really emotional when you've talked about your initial conversations when you found a friend who had a similar situation, someone you could talk to, how you felt not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
1: feeling of not being alone, I mean, it's very essential, I think, to the recovery and to your... Mental health and your self esteem and well being, because feeling alone, you know, there's so many negative connotations that go along with that, and so many dark holes that you, so many dark holes. I'm sorry, I'm a little emotional. So many dark holes that you can go down.
0: Yeah. How bad you can about... feel
1: about yourself.
0: Yeah, you don't have anything.
1: Why did sorry. I get myself in this situation? You can really question yourself, and then you see all these wonder. You you know, you join our group, you meet all these wonderful people that are so smart, so intelligent, so you know,
0: I don't know, just wonderful. Well, they're so loving. So for people that are loving and compassionate to be stuck alone, it's not right. Yeah. It's not fair. The other another thing that really stood out was the use of the word trauma, which is something that I'm really proud of. I think one of the stigmas that we need to break is the idea that trauma is sexual abuse, trauma is physical abuse, trauma is devastating things that happen in childhood, and, and and you know obviously there are other things that are trauma, mm-hmm. but but it's isolated to these these things that society has deemed as so awful that they fit the category because society has not deemed emotional abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse. As being sufficiently traumatic to be called trauma or like I've been saying a lot in the last couple of months, capital T trauma. And if you listen to those 17 clips carefully, you will hear the word trauma a lot and you will hear references to trauma a lot. And it's important, not just for people that are suffering in the same way, not just for the people that are in our groups. It's important for people that live in families that don't drink And don't have any alcohol infiltrating their lives at all. It's important for them to understand how debilitatingly traumatic being in one of these alcoholic situations is. And how lasting the trauma can be, the pain can be, and how hard the recovery can be. Because until we acknowledge that, it's going to be really hard to make progress on prevention. Recovery is one thing. Recovery is hard enough. But prevention is where we need to focus our efforts. People need to understand that if you get wrapped up in alcohol, you're going to do some serious damage to yourself and the people around you. One of the people, one of the clips they referenced that being the loved one of an alcoholic is as debilitating as having a substance use disorder. And I think that was a really important quote. It's people think, oh, you know, the, the wives of alcoholics are asked all the time, how's your husband doing? How's, we heard about, we heard he was drinking too much. We heard he's sober now. How's his recovery going? But it's almost never that the wife or the husband, you know, the spouse gets asked, how are you doing? How are your kids? How are y'all handling the sobriety period now? That never gets asked. And that needs to change. We need to get away from the societal ignorance and understand the trauma that's involved. Some more words that were used a lot. People talked about being validated by the stories of others in in community. Being able to be their authentic self in community, which is so important. (coughs) To have a place where you don't have to hide behind your manicured lawn and your perfectly cleaned house and your vacation pictures with everyone with smiling faces To have a place where you can be your authentic self is so important. The thing I'm most proud of that came up many times in the clips was people talked about the importance of stories. The stories they heard and the ability to share their own stories. And someone even referenced that in Shout Sobriety and Echoes of Recovery, it's not buzzwords. It's stories. That makes... You know, I'm a writer, right? And I'm a storyteller. And I love people... Telling their stories and trusting us enough to tell their stories. So I love that reference that came up over and over. And then, like you said, Sherry, right before we started playing the clips, people mentioned the word recovery. And specifically, their individual recovery. This is not about saving your marriage. If saving your marriage is a goal, we are more than happy to help you on your individual recovery so that you can become a strong individual who is, if your partner also becomes a strong individual, is well set up and capable to save your marriage because you're both individually, independently strong. And that's what this recovery through community is all about. That, that was something that you and I had to learn. That was, we, we thought, I think I thought more than you that I'd get sober and we would save our marriage. But neither of us really understood how important it was for you to get strong and for you to do the work. So did when you heard people talking about individual recovery, I mean, that's the kind of thing I think I caught you nodding your head a couple of times when we were listening to it. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. I mean, we floundered for a few years, you know, um, yeah. until I started getting my own individual help and recovery
0: yeah. underway. So. Yeah, so important. Yeah. So besides the commonalities, the words that were used and phrases that were used over and over, some other takeaways or points that I want to emphasize. Uh, I want to mention Amber talked about Recovery Roadrunners, the program Recovery Roadrunners. Amber Graziano is an amazing woman. She's been with us at Shout Sobriety since almost the beginning. She was one of the very first people to join us. Um, We were blessed to go through her early sobriety period with her and grow together. And she, boy, when you talk about growing, she now runs her own program called recovery road runners. It is a combination of alcoholism, recovery, and, and the, the usefulness and wonderfulness of running. And she organizes different lengths of races, virtual races. She has gotten together with some other people in the group and run actual races lots of motivational stuff. It's a huge community. It's it's hundreds in force. I can't, it's big number. I can't remember how many people she's got, but if you're looking for support, you know, I don't only want to emphasize Shout Sobriety and Echoes of Recovery. Recovery Roadrunners, I think her Facebook page, her Recovery Roadrunners Facebook page would be a great place to start to contact Amber because that's an amazing group. Uh, another big takeaway is You didn't hear anyone defending either the the side, when we talk about relationships, of staying or going. There was no defending staying or going. There was, in fact, one person referenced that they feel really comfortable in our groups with the idea that some of the people have separated and divorced. Others have stayed in their marriage and have continued to work and that we're all on equal ground. No one is looked down upon. Neither of those answers is right and neither of those answers is wrong. And I think that's somewhat unique to be in a community where no one is given advice about whether or not they should stay in their marriage. Because, I mean, you and I know, as well as anyone, there are situations where people should stay. And there are people situations where that is a no-win situation and they should go ahead and move on with their life. Now, we don't necessarily tell people that, but we certainly do get excited when they... Come to those conclusions on their own.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's a, a big takeaway from some of what we heard for me. You heard people talk about being introverted. There's room for the introverted in our programs. We are really careful with how we run our video calls to make it so that if you don't want to talk, you don't have to talk. If you're not comfortable with your video on, that's fine. But if, if you are a naturally introverted person, we want to do our very, very, very best to make it a comfortable place for you to share and so I was really pleased to hear that referenced a couple of times on the audio clips. People talked about low self-esteem. You know, I've said it for years now. I think self-esteem is the key to recovery on both sides of this equation. We And when I say self-esteem, I'm not talking about arrogance or being braggadocious. That is a side effect of active alcoholism. When I'm talking about self-esteem, I'm talking about just feeling good about yourself, not needing to self-medicate, not needing to just follow all your insecurities and ignore your instincts. Self-esteem is about trusting your instincts and doing the things you have to to move forward. Um, uh, I loved when I think it was Julie who talked about how There are actually two two clips from Julie's, but one of the Julie's talked about how this, her work in community has allowed her to be compassionate to others outside of the group, just in her regular life. Mm -hmm. Boy, I feel that way. Do you feel that way?
1: Yeah, and I'm not trying to be mean to you, but I have noticed that your level of compassion for others, even if it's not alcoholism, has increased tenfold. Yeah. So... I think that it just, you know, really helps. I think you have to have self-esteem and you have to have confidence to be able to put your plate, you put yourself in someone else's shoes and really show that compassion. There has to be your yeah. own health and recovery. Well, and and, 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 and eye lived opening experience too. Yeah. Lived experience. So many
0: people that we we get to know, and you and I included, will always say, "Gosh, I wouldn't wish this on anyone." But I also wouldn't take it back if I, if I had a do-over. I've just learned too much from it. And that compassion that Julie mentioned is part of it. Totally agree with you there. Uh, it was also referenced, I think, twice in the clips that people realized that this work, this community, is bigger than just our own individual problems. And that goes really well with somebody said that everyone in the group is both a teacher and a student. That's certainly what it feels like to me. I mean, we run these groups for the love of God, and I sit there and take notes furiously, and you do too, during all the video calls, because there's never been a call where I didn't learn something from somebody else. So it's not just us preaching, it's it's us absorbing. And then we come on, record podcast episodes, and to pass that share the things along. we've learned. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I love that. It's bigger than just my problems, and we are all both teachers and students. And I liked how Dawn said, she she made reference to something that's internal. So let's go ahead and share what she meant. She said we are welcomed, I am welcomed to the video calls whether I'm a 2 or an 8. We often do a check in at the beginning. Give us on a scale of 1 to 10 how you're doing. 1 is worst day of my life and 10 is best day of my life. And without, that way people without going into great detail they're welcome to go into detail but they don't have to, can just give us a gauge How are things going over in your corner of the world, you know? And if you say you're a two, well, things are pretty rough. And if you say you're an eight, that's pretty darn good. So I love that Don referenced that. So good or bad, a two or an eight, everyone is welcome on our calls. And that's really important because sometimes when things start to go well for people, their individual recovery is going well, maybe their marriage is improving, they sometimes want to shy away from the group because... They know there's so many people that are hurting, they don't want to rub in their face the fact that things are going well for them. And you and I say it all the time, please don't look at it that way. We need the good stories, too. We need people to come and say, listen, this was awful. I had a really hard time, but right now, I feel great. I'm full of self-esteem, and my spouse and I are getting along wonderfully.
1: Well, it's hopeful, and because we are a community, we do care about each other's individual success. So, knowing that one of your um, community members, a friend, basically is what I think we all are, is doing well, that makes you feel good as well. So, hopeful and, like, you know, as well as that, so.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We all need hope.
1: Yeah.
0: I just want to end by saying how much gratitude I feel for the people who took the time, the 17 people who took the time to record these videos and these audio clips from, I mean, I truly feel like the participants in Shout Sobriety and the participants in Echoes of Recovery are our family. And they were vulnerable. They were authentic. Many of them took the time to even write them out and edit them. And that level of respect that they showed in putting this project together, I mean, I, I get emotional about it. I just, I think it's I think it's fantastic and I want all of the people in our groups to know that we love them, especially here at the holiday season, and I'm not I'm not exaggerating. I really feel love for the, the people that share their stories with us like this. So we love you all. Thanks for thanks for sharing and for our broader audience, thanks for listening. We hope you got a lot out of this unique episode of the Untoxicated Podcast. Before you go, we hope you'll consider these three resources.
1: If you love or loved an alcoholic, we offer support and connection in our Echoes of Recovery group. Check us out at echoesofrecovery.org.
0: If you are a high-functioning alcoholic seeking methods and connection in early sobriety, we're ready for you at shoutsobriety.org.